0: Today is a very special episode. We talked to uh, Natalie Riley, who is also the partner of Chris Hoyer, who we've had on the show already. But this episode uh, is a little bit different because we talk about you know, coming out of a dark space and creating something very massive and impactful. Uh, Natalie tells us all about her experience with burnout. She tells us all about her experience of actually, you know, identifying that she's in a dark time and doing something quickly about it, just taking action. So on that, what I'd like you to do is get a notepad, get a pen, get a paper. And I want you to write down a couple things that you get from this episode so that it is impactful. And I want you to then take it and do something with it because this is how we get results. We take what we learn and we act on it. Natalie walks us through a real simple thing that she does and it lifts her up and fills her up every single day. So uh, let's not waste any more time. Let's crack into it. And I hope you enjoy. Make sure you also share this with one person because it's going to make uh, that much more of an impact for them. Uh, again, remember, we're always here to help. Send us an email if you want. fight podcast at gmail.com and we'll do everything in our power to make sure that you take your life to the next level enjoy. Awesome, welcome to another episode of Fight the Burnout. Today we have a very special uh, guest. We had her boyfriend on already, uh, Chris, the ex-cop of 20 years. So if you didn't get that episode, make sure you go listen to it. Uh, but today we have Natalie uh, and she is the founder of the movement Nothing But Love Notes. And I, was, I, I read um, when Chris sent me through um Uh, some stuff about Natalie I was like oh my god she's got to be on here because her backstory is incredible she took starting to burn out and turned it into a movement which is amazing but as usual Natalie I'm gonna let you tell us about it because I know I'll end up screwing it up as things happen um so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself who you are and um yeah uh, just tell us about the the movement
1: okay so again my name is Natalie and um back in the fall of 2015, that's where it all started. Uh, kind of at, at the darkest time in my life my mother had been just diagnosed with multiple myeloma, which is terminal cancer. Um, we were told that she could live you know up to 10 years with treatment and it was devastating because she was my very best friend. I mean she was my confidant and um, she was the voice you know at the end of the day when having a rough day. Um, So it was really tough going from her daughter to her caregiver. Um, It was a two-year battle. She, after a few months of the treatment, she just decided she just couldn't do it anymore. And her doctor said, you know, it was the lightest dose of chemo. She wasn't losing her hair. She was, she lost a lot of weight, but um, I think it had more to do with psychosomatic symptoms. You know, she just was, she went into this depression It was hard because she was the strongest woman that I knew. She was um, just, she was five foot nothing, but she was tough. And she raised me to be just like her. Mm -hmm. So after a few months, you know, getting her to her doctor's appointments and treatment. And she's like, I don't know if I can do this. And um, literally she wasn't coming out of her bedroom. She wasn't eating. And it was Valentine's day, 2016. And I'm sitting on the couch feeling sorry for myself, because um, I was just a recent empty nester. My kids had just gone out into the world and were doing great. Um, and I just wasn't where I thought I would be at that time in my life, um, on top of which I was just burnt out. <laughs> I was tired. I was, I just couldn't even imagine where this was going, especially just the thought of losing her. I didn't know what was gonna happen after that. Um, so I'm sitting on the couch Valentine's day and I'm like, you know, I'm not acting like the woman that she raised me to be. And I know that if our roles were reversed, she, there's no way she would have let me sit in there in a depression. She would have found some way to motivate me to get me up and out of bed. Um, I know that (laughs) I just do that. She did that my whole life. Anytime I would start sulking or whatever, she, you know, lit, lit a fire up underneath me. So I went into her room and I'm like, get up, meet me at the kitchen table. Um, I just had this thought, you know, I had a a junk drawer full of blank thank you notes. um, And I thought it's Valentine's day. Maybe we can sit down, write some notes um, and go out and hand them out just randomly, you know, do something. Um, So she she was, I was surprised, you know, she kind of looked at me, rolled her eyes, but she got out of bed. I think she was just waiting for me to, to push her, you know? Um, so she came to the table. I told her what we are gonna do. And she says, let's write them for veterans and first responders, people who um, are out serving our community. She had an affinity for vets. Um, you know, her, her uncles were veterans and they, they were killed in the, the Baton Death March. And her grandson, her first grandson is a veteran and a, a police officer. So we did, we wrote 50. We Most of them were for veterans and first responders. We did write a couple that were just random to anybody. Yeah. Um, thank yous, you know, and I hope you're having a great day kind of a thing. Got her in the car, um, drove her around for three hours, literally just going through parking lots and we'd see um, veteran license plates and we would leave, tuck the notes up underneath the windshield wiper. We saw a police officer, he was, fueling up his his vehicle so we stopped and gave him one and all of a sudden you know he was it, you see this officer who kind of just going about his business and you give him a note and you know cops are a little bit standoffish they're a little bit on guard at first he's like wait what are you doing what are you doing um but then he, he got this big grin and he's like wow thanks you know and we talked to a couple of veterans in the grocery store we had one korean war, war veteran he must have been 90, um, just broke down in tears. And he says, I never talk about my service. I, you know, And then 30 minutes later, we knew his whole story. So it just created this humongous conversation. And by the time we got back, after we gave out almost all 50, um, my mother was smiling and laughing. And she says, I don't even remember what I was so worried about. Um, And so we started doing it every day. We'd go to Starbucks, we'd start off there, we'd write notes, have coffee, talk. And we started having a dialogue, her and I, which we weren't having because she was in her room before. And we, I would have missed that those last two years, um, just talking with her, laughing. We started, we'd see police officers walk into Starbucks and we'd we'd call them over and we'd give them a note or a firefighters. You had, we had one fire station come in and there was like five or six firefighters. They came over and talked to us and it was just incredible. And so um fast forward down the road, you know, it just, my son's like, you need to have a hashtag. I had no idea what a hashtag was. I mean, I'd seen people posting it, but I thought it was just like a trendy kind of, Oh, cool. Hashtag this, but we created a hashtag. It's where I came up with nothing but love notes, um, and a Facebook page and Instagram. And suddenly people started following and they are like wanting to get involved. And so people about literally are doing it across the country. And I personally have probably written at least 15,000. I mean, literally, I just love it. My mother, she passed away October of 2017, Um, but she made me promise that I would continue. And one of the last, it's funny because I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have moved to California. I I wouldn't be with Chris if it wasn't for this love note. It really changed my life in such an incredible way. And I think it's because when you are, it's your darkest point And you just, you just don't have a clue what you're going to do. I think the, the best thing that you can do for yourself is first of all, just find, cling to, hold fast to what you are grateful for. Yeah. And for me, I was the people around me and the more love I showed, the more I got back. And so suddenly I had this network of people that I didn't have before. Um, and my mom always said, you know, when, when, when God takes something from you, he gives you something greater in return. And I lost her in October, 2017, but I have so much that I, I would never have had if I hadn't gotten off the couch and handed out a love note. Um, my mom on her deathbed, I've been single since 2000, the year 2000 divorced. Um, and I didn't really date a lot cause I was raising two boys and I just kind of kept my eyes on the road and was trying to get my writing career up off the ground and trying to get them up and healthy and out of the house. And so I didn't really date a lot. So, um, on my, on her deathbed, I remember we're sitting in the hospital and she says, you know, and she was never wrong. Like she was always right, especially when it came to me, but she said, really sorry, honey, but I really think that you're going to be single for a very long time. And I'm like, what? I mean, this is what you're going to give me on your deathbed. I mean, <laughs> give something more. Yeah. And she's like, well, nobody, no man is going to ever understand the work you do. Nobody's going to understand you writing love notes for firefighters and police officers and strong military guys. They're just not going to get that. And so I kind of walked away from that conversation a little bummed, but I've always been kind of a hopeful romantic and hopeless romantic. Um, So I just kept doing what I was doing. And it just so happened that Chris was, he showed up, a mutual friend brought him to one of my events and, and the rest is history. Like I just, I found love in so many, on so many levels, just from trying to find a little, um, peace and happiness in a really dark time so
0: that's amazing I I can't actually describe how many times I got goosebumps for you all that you know one sorry to hear that your mom passed away you know um, but also what a crazy and incredible you know gift that she gave you to do that because you know I can I can say it hand on heart when I was in my darkest days when I was in the police a lot of it was because I felt like nobody was actually grateful for what I did and some of it was in my head but also you know i remember going on a ride along when i was in one of my deepest darkest times and having people walk up to us like me i was with the cops and we were literally eating lunch and they're like they wanted first off they wanted to buy us lunch with another some other people i was like well this is weird and then and then people actually saying thank you and i was like wow this is this is actually incredible that you know you just watching the cops face over there and um so you know thanks for carrying on with what you're doing and and you know as you said it creates so much
1: yeah those two words saved my life and i and i would you know i didn't start this with this idea that it was going to grow i had no idea that um there were people hurting that to the point where like you hand i was standing in line at starbucks and the guy behind me overheard him talking he was a marine from vietnam uh, I turned around, I keep them in my purse to this day, wherever I am, I have notes in my purse for, for, you know, if it's a Marine, a veteran or whatever, pulled a note out and gave it to him. And he just started weeping. And he told me, you know, he was in Vietnam and nobody's ever thanked him, you know, and I didn't know the, what I was walking into. I, I just was trying to find a way to get my mom out of the bedroom, you know, out of, out of the house. And, out of her own head and it turned into this really um a a gift um for people that i've you know never met and i think it's just been wonderful and beautiful and some of them have become friends and they stay in touch but i have had more grown men cry on my shoulder (laughs) like from even police officers and you guys you know come off so tough you know they (laughs) they are kind of the scariest to to approach you know because they've got the gear and they're the look and they're just like you know. um but you just get to know them in in just a handful of words with the note and it's it just crazy it's just crazy
0: yeah I, I'm kind of speechless to be perfectly honest and <laughs> normally I'm pretty good at talking in that on these um so Natalie you know I just want to just for people out there you know you you said some really key things you know during that was you know just having something to focus on something positive and something grateful you know focusing on those grateful that grateful side of things how did you during that I know you know you got your mom out of bed and you saw that you know you saw the happiness in her and that how did you how, how'd you make sure that you know you, I know when you're in that dark stage because I've been there when you're in that dark stage it can be quite hard to actually focus on that happiness and that how did you you know how'd you find how did you find to be able to actually do that
1: well it, it kind of like I said it happened pretty quickly like just getting her out of her room and the the act of sitting down and writing notes it kind of took us away from where we were you know we're sitting down I put on some good music I made a couple of Reuben sandwiches and we're sitting there at the table and and just talking and it took us away just writing thank you thank you over and over and again and it just took us out of that state that dark Mm. state but it was it was in the, the interactions we were having with people and it was like, it was hard not to be grateful because like I said, we could be sitting at Starbucks and the cop would walk in and we'd call him over and he, we'd, we'd have shared smiles. And, you know, he was, he would say, uh, yeah, I just had this really rough call. This really means a lot. So you start to see that you're not the, you're not alone. You're not, you know, you tend to think that you're the only one in this bad headspace you know you think that nobody else understands where you're at and then you start talking to people and you realize that we're all going through something at any given time you know and so to just be able to I mean I've been doing this for it's going to be six years um coming up in next valentine's day and and it's it's I I can't even tell you it just doesn't get old and it just keeps, keeps me motivated. It's just like feeding the soul. Like I said, I just was doing this just to get her out of bed, but it just feeds me so much. That I just can't stop. And like meeting Chris. Um, my mom said that I would never find a man who understands what I do. This guy, not only does he understand what I do, but he like pushes me to be better at it. I mean, there's days where, you know, I'll see a cop and I'm like, he's like, let's stop, let's go give him a no. And I'll be like, no, he's kind of parked funny. And I just get nervous, you know? And he's like, nope, we're doing it. We're doing okay. it. And then, and then I'm so glad it just, it's just finding, and, and it's not always easy, you know, cause you know, you have peaks and valleys of, of feeling burnt out and tired. And then you, and then one day you wake up, you're just motivated and you wanna get everything done in sight. Um, But I think it's just taking that one step and saying, no, I'm just gonna do this one little thing. I'm gonna go give this guy a note. And then it just like, it's like a booster shot of just, I I just can't explain it. And I just, I really want people to know more than anything is that it's so easy. Mm. I mean, all it takes is sitting down writing a note that takes less time than it does to order a cup of coffee these days. And to go up to somebody, a complete stranger, and just say thank you—that mm. is the motivation in yeah. itself. It's I, just, crazy. I think it's, it's
0: so important. It's awesome to see, and you know, I actually kind of wish maybe it's something that we could do together. But I wish that they did did it here more. And that was I for me being a cop here in New Zealand. You know, the U.S. has always been. I feel like it's always been better on that side of thanking. You know, the just the general public likes to thank you know veterans and you know depending on which state you're in there's even more of it you know you go to Hawaii and everybody is you know <laughs> pro you know let's 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 say thank you to everybody because there's so many vets but over here it's not so much yeah and so it is but when you do get that thank you you know not even just as a as a officer or a, you know first responder or a vet but even just as a person you know when somebody holds a door open saying thank you it does it brings that it brings that just that happiness out doesn't it
1: people in the eye you know people don't do that anymore everybody's on their their phone or their device and and it doesn't have to be cops and you know veterans it can just be you know somebody who who helps you in this even the slightest way a teacher or a coach or you know your your neighbor um just anybody and it just i i want people to know especially right right now the world is like last year was rough in so many different ways (laughs) you know, we've, we've distanced ourselves because it's supposed to be, you know, safer for us. And and now people are, I think, struggling to to let themselves come back into their circles, you know. Um, but it's just, a, I, I want people to know that, you know, you don't have to cure cancer or solve world peace or world hunger to, to make a difference. You can just acknowledge somebody where they're at whether it's you know just hold the door open for them and say hello you know look them in the eye and say hello um you don't know if anybody you know could be somebody that has not had anybody say anything to them in months or even you know say thank you um ever so it's just something so simple um, I, I really I try to go back. Um, I'm I'm writing a book now on on these past five and a half years, and I'm, it all just comes down just to being aware of others, of people, and just saying thank you. That's all it is, you know. And people, have, I've been on the Ke- Kelly Clarkson show and Good Morning America and all these, great, you know, opportunities to to go on to talk about this, but, and it, people treat me like I've admitted. Like, invented electricity but the truth is all i've done is just say thank you to another human being um and it's just been i was i was sitting in a i'm gonna share this story i was sitting in a starbucks writing notes and this is after my mom passed away and um just stocking up so i had some in my purse and this young veteran walked in and he i don't know maybe 30 34 33 or something like that and he had a veteran cap so I knew you know he was in the army Um, so I I quickly wrote a note for him and I got up and I walked over to his table and I he was studying so I didn't want to interrupt him but I slid it across the table and I just said I just wanted to stop you and say thank you and he's like oh thanks you know um I went back to my table and I was writing notes Uh, I went back to writing notes and um about an hour later he gets up and he leaves And 10 minutes later, he comes back in and it was crowded. It was just slammed that day. It was a Saturday morning. Um, So he walks through the crowd and he gets to me and I look up and his face is beet red. He's got tears coming down his cheeks. And he's like, you know, I, I didn't think of it much when you gave it to me, but I went and I sat in my car and I read it, he says, and he's literally choked up and he's having a tough time saying the words. He says, I just had to come tell you that, uh, tell you my story. He says, my name is Joe. Um, I served in the, the U.S. Army for 12 years. I did two tours to Afghanistan. And I, I lost my best friend in my in the second tour. I literally watched him burn alive in front of me. And he said, so this note means so much to me. And it was in that moment, I'm like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't be stirring these emotions you know maybe it's not a good thing yeah and i said i said as much because he's crying and i'm crying now and we're in the middle of (laughs) starbucks hugging and the whole world's (laughs) going on around us but we're in this little bubble and he's like no he says if if you hadn't is it it was stuck right here you know those, those feelings get stuck right here and i was able to to release them so i there have been times when I've wondered if, if this is actually a good thing, you know, and I'm not just being selfish because it feels so good for me, but.
0: I think, I think you, you touched on some really important things there. And I think, you know, for those listening, it's real important, you know, attaching something that's positive to a negative thing and having some sort of big impact of positivity, that negativity, you end up or, you know, that that trauma that you had ends up being, oh, actually, you know, there are people that care about me and that, that actually, you know, want me to keep moving and work through that. And so, like you said, you know, you have those moments where you're like, oh, do I bring that back up? But, you know, I always, it's one thing that I say all the time, tell people how you're feeling, be brutally fucking honest. <laughs> because- <laughs> For me, I say that because that's what I did. And, you know, in a way, I guess, you know, I came back to the States. I don't know if you, you heard like when, you know, Chris and I were talking, is I went back to the States and I did a two and a half month motorcycle trip around the U.S. And I literally told people why I was there. I was burned out, PTSD, had trauma from being a cop for seven years. And they're all the, the amount of times that they'd say, oh, first off, thanks for your service. And I'm like, this. It feels like something new for me. I'm like, I didn't. I don't need to thank you for it. But at the same time, it's like, hey, wait a second. All that stuff that I've gone through right now, somebody's grateful that I've done that. I've gone through it. So you do. You start to shift that into gratefulism, and so it ends up becoming all that stuff was for a reason. Because you do. You can get lost in it, especially in those traumatic roles that you know, military, police, fire. All of us, you know, play in. Um. So yeah. No. I. Uh, I love what I love what you're doing. It's. I,
1: I, feel you know, Like we can't get caught up in our own head, we're all going through stuff, we all get caught up on our own stuff, and it. The, the best thing we can do is turn around and turn that on someone else you know, say something nice, just turn it into something great, you know, grateful. My mother, speaking of brutally honest, she was the one, like I said, she was the voice. Um, and she still is in my head, I still can hear her if I'm you know, wearing my hair wrong or wearing the wrong shoes. She was brutally honest, she would say, Nope. The, don't wear those shoes. Or, you know, she would just tell me like it is. And some, you know, as as her only daughter, it was so annoying, but she was usually right, you know, and, and I miss that more than anything is that voice, somebody that, that would care enough to tell you, you know, to, to say something, whether it's nice or whatever, you know, today I was having like I had a task that I needed to do today. Chris's second, his book, we're doing a second edition. So I yeah. spent literally all day do, working on something that should have taken 10 minutes. It was just this, the formatting, it was it was a nightmare. Yeah. Um, on top of which, you know, we're, we're combining all our stuff because I moved in with him. So I was going through boxes and I have stuff all over. And I found this letter in the middle of all my angst and frustration over this stupid little the littlest formatting thing that should take, like I said, 10 minutes, ready to cry, pull my hair out. And I find this note she wrote to me and it literally turned me around. (laughs) It was like something she wrote probably, I don't know, six, seven years ago. um, Just saying, you know, I believe in you. You're gonna, you know, you got big things ahead of you. This is, you know, you're gonna be all right. And I was like, wow, she wrote that years ago. And it, it just turned me around. I was able to calm myself down and get into a place where I could do what I needed to do. So I, I know that it, you know, if we would just look out for each other more and it doesn't take much, it just doesn't.
0: No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. So, um, now for yourself, what do you do now to prevent yourself from getting into any kind of those deep, that darkness of burnout and that?
1: Um, I well now that you know i moved i followed chris out to california and now we're like a nine minute walk from the beach and he's very intuitive like with me like if he sees that i'm getting overwhelmed and whatever he'll we'll go out for a walk we'll just take a walk on the beach and literally just get your head into some you know salty sea air and you you know just talk and so that's usually what I do: is we just go out for a long walk, um, or I will pick up a pen and I write every day. I try to write notes every day, um, and again, I'm you know working on my book, so that always helps. I think that writing is a very cathartic act, and if you're going through any anything, um, it's always kind of helpful to write things down. Um, I think it helps get it outside of here and puts it onto something that you can if you want to tear it up and throw it away or burn it or whatever, but it's writing is very cathartic. I think it's what saved Chris, um, after his 20 plus year career as a police officer writing that book, I think that's probably the greatest thing that, that helped him through it.
0: Yeah. I, I, he, he said that when we, when we talked and, you know, I, I totally agree. I tell, you know, clients and I, even myself, I've had my mom tell me like, I've been like, Furious about something, I'm like, Oh, I'm just gonna do this. And she's like, Chris, just write it down. And she used to say this when I was a kid, even. She's like, Chris, if you're pissed off with somebody, write them an email, don't send it, but write an email, sit on it for a day, reread it. And if you still feel all those same exact feelings, then you can send it. But otherwise, just write it down, get it out of your head. And yeah. I said, People all the time. It's because those thoughts end up like a ping pong ball in your head and they just bounce around and they just never really go away. They just keep bouncing around and getting bigger and bigger. It's like write it down. And if you want to burn it, then burn it. My uncle, who's an actor in the States, uh in the US, he um he said the same exact thing. He'll write in a journal and he'll have his fireplace going, he'll write in the journal and that. And then what he does is he rips them up and he burns them. Because he's like, one, I don't want people to find it because of the career that he's in. He's like, oh, it could be used against me and that. But he's like, but he's like, I know I need to get it out of my head. And so yeah. I think, I think that yeah, you, you've hit, you've hit something on on the tee there is writing it down. But the walks, getting out in nature is
1: um, well, you know. I, am I'm an introvert by nature being a writer. I could just hole up and just stay, you know, inside and, and Chris isn't, he's the complete opposite. He's always, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. That's always, it's always so energizing just to get outside, you know, sometimes just leave your phone and just look at the people around you and look at the ocean and the sky and the sunset and, and just breathe and literally in, in an hour and a whole new person and sometimes like i say we get so caught up in our heads um that we that we think we're alone in it and we we're just not thinking clearly because we're so stressed out and burnt out and i i think this past year has been especially tough on all of us because we've been first of all we've been isolated yep. we've been told to, to stay away from people so now i'm seeing people are a little on edge when you get too close and i hate that i because i'm such a people person I've seen, I've had so many, I've probably had thousands of hugs from these notes. So I miss that connection that we have with people. Um, So I, you know, I want to see us get back to a place where we just being aware of each other. And I think if, as long as we can be aware of each other, we can take our attention off of our own problems, you know?
0: No, I think that's so true. And it's also, I want to bring, you know, some light to actually listening as well you know
1: that's the the key to communication
0: it is but it's it's also it's awesome to see like you know my wife and I have the same thing and you and Chris he actually listens not just to you verbally but also to your body language but then you listen to him when he goes Natalie I think we need to go for a walk (laughs) and you know I think that's when when you've gone through like what all of us have and you realize it and you work through it and you want to be better from it you end up actually acknowledging things like I can see people now and I can go, you're burned out without even talking to them. I can just look at them and go, you are burned out. You need a break. (laughs) You need to go take a deep breath. Um, And because you just get in tune with that, which, but then it's the listening as well. You know, I have my wife, still go to me. Chris, you're getting bur- I think you're getting burned out again. I'm like, no, yeah, actually probably am.
1: <laughs> and it's a gift when you have somebody who's, who can read you like that, you know, and who will say something and not just, you know, leave you be. Yeah. Um, I've never had that. So having somebody who, I mean, literally, he's so in tune to, because I'm sort of a, like I said, an introvert, and I don't express every feeling I have at every moment. Um, but he he gets that sense and he'll be like, okay. You know who come over and so that's a gift when you when you have a partner who who gets that and gets you and uh, helps you keeps you from getting to, getting burnt out you yeah. know
0: I think for those listening as well it's realizing hey you probably have that person you just need to listen to them
1: yeah well yeah that's <laughs> key to, to communication yeah. you know is, is listening and and I think you know even this this project I think that's been the beauty of it is you know I have cops and vets and they're all they all say you know i don't talk about my service and like i say if you just if you listen if you stop and don't i don't i've never had to twist anybody's arm to tell me about their their life story no. people just can sense that you you know you're gonna listen and they as soon as they get that they just oh their whole soul pours out you no. know and it's just it's amazing
0: yeah uh, it so is so Natalie, I have a question for you and you probably heard me ask it to Chris, but it is my most um, passionate question. I believe everybody's got a why. Uh, why that stems from when they're a kid and why, what drives them it has always driven them to do the good things and do the things that they you know, do and then leads into what we do. Do you have an idea of what your why is, Natalie?
1: I think part of my why is because I've, even as a kid, I was always very stubborn. You know, and if somebody tells you, tells me I can't do something, I'm going to find a way to do it. And my why is partly that, like I have, I'm sort of, I, again, I love people and I just have this tendency to want to help and be, you know, be a part of a solution. And my mother growing up and my dad used to call me gluey because I I would just stick to things. You know, I would just not let things go and i think part of my why is that i just don't take no for an answer or if some you know if somebody says we can't fix this or you know like i said we're, we're looking outside at the world today and people are so angry and when i would talk about when i first started this project when i thought i'm going to turn this into something turn it into a movement um, uh, my closest friends would look at me and say that's crazy. And so when I would try to recruit them to write notes with me, they're like, no, nah, it's not really my calling. And for a split second, I was like, okay, this is probably silly. This is probably, pe- people aren't going to get this. Yeah. But I'm so stubborn that I'm like, no, I'm not stopping. I'm going to keep doing it. I don't care what people think. I'm going to keep doing it. And I think it's that is oh, what... Yeah, it's because I, I really... I really believe it's the little things that are going to fix this world it's not going to be government it's not going to be this big solution I think it's in the little things that we do as people and I have just seen since I was a kid how little it takes to impact people and I love that and I and I'm just so stubborn that I'm not going to just give up because people think it's not cool oh. or you know, not something they want to do. So if somebody tells me no, or they kind of make me doubt myself, then I'm going to go headlong into it. And that's maybe I, I tell Chris, I'm like, am I just being stubborn? Am I just pushing this? And it's really not a thing, but it is because we've written like literally probably close to 35,000 notes. I have people all over the country now who are doing this. They love it. They're finding, I had one woman, she, she, in the past three weeks, she has sent me hundred and fifty love notes for police officers that we're sending out across the country she just loves it she found purpose and I think that is the key to life and to finding your way out of burnout or a dark day or whatever it's just having a purpose waking up and and going for it whatever it is
0: I would I totally I totally totally um agree with that one uh so Natalie so if um People are wanting to get in touch with you or they want to um, maybe write some notes for you. How do they go about doing that?
1: Okay, so I have a Facebook page. Um, it's Nothing But Love Notes. Same with Instagram. Um, I have a website, um, nothingbutlovenotes.com. And you, I, I encourage you just to write notes put our hashtag, you know, you can write them to whoever you want. It doesn't have to be just police and veterans and firefighters. Um, It can be anybody. Like I say, if you have a teacher or somebody put our hashtag, that way we can follow them and see where around the world we are. And, um, or if you, you're not really into handing them out, it can be a little intimidating. I did have one veteran chase me down a parking lot, and he was not happy (laughs) until he he read the note, and then he started crying. So it turned—it was a bad thing, and then it turned into a good thing. So if you're not into handing them out, you can—you can mail them to me. Um, You can find my mailing address on my website, on my Facebook page. Um, I'm happy to hand them out for you. Just send them unsealed, and um, I will get—I will find a home for them. Believe me, there's so many people out there that. Um, that are very open to a little handwritten note. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. so it's, mo- it's mostly all handwritten, not email, or like not email you? Right? All handwriting. That's
1: handwriting. where the is. Yes, that's oh, where it's okay. just taking that time to handwrite something. We live in a digital age and people, you know, mostly young people don't know how to write. Um, I was a substitute teacher for a couple of years and pe- young people just don't write, they don't know how to write a letter. They don't, you know, handwrite and they kind of begrudgingly do it when you ask them to. But um, we spoke to a, 150 football players for a high school. Um, and I was like, oh, how am I going to get 150 boys, teenage boys to want to write love notes? And, you know, I brought some of my veteran friends in and first responders who had gotten a love note and they loved it and they were so on board and they were all writing, you know, to their mom or to their coach or to their brother. It would just turn into this. It's amazing. Yeah. It's just amazing. I can't, I can't stand it. So um, yeah, handwriting. That's the magic.
0: I love it, I love it. I actually got, I just looked up, I've got, because I've done some um, personal development programs like Tony Robbins and stuff, and he has you write yourself a letter. Yeah. Or I'm like, th- not just, not necessarily a thank you, but what he wants. you want to see accomplish. And I'm looking, I'm like, yeah, it does. If I type that out, I wouldn't look at it half as it. It's lost,
1: it's <laughs> lost. It, it's the connection between what's in here follows down your arm right under the pen. And I think that's what people, that's why grown men cry. That's my superpower. And we all have it. It's just taking time to write a note. It doesn't have to be, I tend to write long ones. They're a little bit longer, but you know, the one where the veteran chased me in the parking lot, it was three lines from the love note he got. It was just like, we love you. You're so brave. Thank you. That's all it said. And he, and he broke down in tears. So it's the simplest thing. And it just, I want people to know that above all is that it's just so easy to, to make somebody's day. I
0: love it. I love it. Uh, What would be your number one piece of advice to listeners when it comes to writing these love notes or saying thank you to people?
1: Um, Just have them around. And, you know, anytime you have free time, uh, I always encourage people to write whether it's in a journal or a, a note or a letter to you know, a family member or um, you know, eld- the elderly, if you have grandparents that are still alive, write to them, they eat it up and it just makes their day. Um, just keep pens and notes around um, the house. I, behind me, you could kind of see this is my little desk. Okay. I, have, I have notes, I have pens um, love stationery, but just, you know, keep it around and, and, and a pen and a journal or whatever it is that you want to write. But I think it's very healthy. Um, it's good for the soul.
0: Oh, I love it. Uh, yeah. Again, gotten goosebumps today. It's been amazing. Um, last question I have for you, Natalie, what would be your top tips to self-happiness?
1: Um, purpose, hmm. just be purposeful. I feel, It wasn't until I was fully purposeful in my life when I found my niche, and um, I just all of a sudden the right people started coming into my life. Um, And Chris came into my life. All of it happened because I set out to have a purpose. Um, I think sometimes we just get lost without it. And you just, you know, find something that you love. And no matter what anybody thinks about it, you know, even if you think it's not important or it's not significant, it is. Mm. It is so significant. It was um Mahatma Gandhi who said, everything you do will be insignificant, but it's important that you do it.
0: Yes, right. So I love that.
1: I just think that you know people tend to think, oh, if it's not a big gesture, then it's not worthy. But that's
0: yeah, very true. And actually you saying that makes me realize I, for, I forget about that quite often as well. I'm like, oh, I need to be doing so much bigger. And it's like, no, it's the little things that matter.
1: It's the small things that you do every day. I look back the past six years. I didn't do anything big. Every day was just getting out of bed, sitting down, writing notes, handing them out, and then big things happen. All of a sudden I had these big connections, you know, and Chris and I met Chris and now we wrote this book and now it's becoming this important thing. And now Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, who is like the authority of all military police law enforcement has written a foreword and called it the best book. Um, and it wasn't because I set out to go do that. It's because I set out to do little things every day that would make a difference. And it all was a culmination of that. And I think that is just it in a nutshell is just remain purposeful in your day. And no matter how small, don't focus on the big stuff, focus on what you can do in the moment and things happen.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. It's so true. And so purposeful, you know, it is, it's having that purpose, but just doing little things towards that purpose every single day will carry you
1: People who retire and don't have something to get up in the morning, you know, the, the golfing and all that stuff gets old. And if they don't have purpose, most die within five to six years. So it's all about purpose, especially, especially when it hurts, when you're lost and you're not finding your way. Like, like I was that, that Valentine's day, I was so lonely. I was heartbroken. I was losing my best friend. I was thinking, this is it. I'm going to be single forever. (laughs) You know, I was just feeling so so sorry for myself. And it was just getting up and doing something for somebody else that really, which started with my mom and turned into my community. And now it's just my life changed. I'm living by the beach, which is something I always wanted to do, but I never saw a way of how that was going to happen. Mm. Again, focus on the small things and you (laughs) you will get where you want to go. Um, and you'll look back, you're like, how did I do this? Like, how did all this happen?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's magic. It um, really is. It so is. And, you know, that's why I'm so passionate about the why, because the why, if the why overrides the what, the why overrides the what, you know, you can apply a what to whatever, you know, to the why. Um, and, you, and a why is just having a, your, finding your true deep purpose.
1: You're gonna have haters. You're gonna have people who say, well, that's ridiculous, or I don't I don't understand it. Or, you know, I've had people who are supposed to be friends, they just try to tear you down because people don't mind that you succeed. They just don't want you to be more successful than them. So you just gotta cut out all that, the negativity, um, which isn't always easy, but you just gotta stay focused on your thing, your why, and like little like I said, little steps.
0: Yeah. No, I love it, Natalie. Any last words, Natalie?
1: I'm just so happy to be here. Seriously. I'm, awesome.
0: I'm so happy to have you on. And like, I read your website. And I was like, okay, I kind of get it, but now I totally get, I'm like, Oh my God, more people need to do this. Like- no,
1: seriously. <laughs> they do. I mean, it would, it's not even about me anymore. It's not even about me or this mission. It's just about yourself. You know, it's about you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not, writing for me isn't it? But I like to talk. So my thing, right. I do. I, I literally, will see because you know I know a lot of cops here anyways. But I'll literally see them. And I'll be like, you know, thanks, thanks for looking after us. As yeah. I just walk past, I'm like, thanks for looking after us. I appreciate it. You know, stay safe.
1: We all have our thing. Yeah, we weren't all given the same thing. Thank goodness. No. <laughs> yeah, um, otherwise we It's about just finding that thing and finding your why and just getting up and doing it every day. Life is short. I learned that losing my mom, I realized that she had regret in her eyes. And when she was before she was diagnosed, she used to say, because we would we'll go to the movies all the time, and she'd be like, "Ah, oh, we should be doing more. We should be doing more with our life." And I'd be like, "Yeah, but what?" You know? Um, and then all of a sudden, she was gone, and I'm like, "Dying doesn't scare me anymore. It's not living your life um, and dying with regret." Yeah. And I'm at a point in my life, like, I have no regrets. I just don't. I just don't.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's interesting when you get to that stage as well, isn't it? When you get to that stage where I'm not afraid of dying. I just want yeah. to keep, I just want to live the best that I can now. And if I die tomorrow, I know that I have given my best at this time. And tomorrow, yeah. it just gives me an opportunity to do even more.
1: Yep. Mm. Yep. Well, got it.
0: Thanks, Natalie, for today. And for those listening, you know, remember, remember the little things. You know, Natalie's pointed out a lot of different things. As we always say, you know, take one thing and and run with it today. You know, saying thank you to somebody. You know, I challenge you, as soon as you're done listening to this, go and say thank you to somebody. If you're sitting next to them, just say thank you. Say thank you to somebody, you know, say thank you and why you're thankful for them. And you'll, you'll feel so much better. You know, not to mention how they're going to feel, but you'll feel so much better, you know. And so, you know, really, really just focus on that. Find that purpose. You know, if you don't have that purpose, just start to say thank you, and I'm sure you'll find a purpose. Um, And remember, if you want any assistance, we are here to help. Uh, The email is fighttheburnoutpodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. Uh, Remember to like, subscribe, uh, share this with somebody, and challenge again go write a thank you note. And again, thank you, Natalie. Thanks for your time and um, we appreciate it. And all the links to to access Natalie uh, will be in the description down below. Until next time, love you and stay safe out there, guys.